1: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnson way. This is Joe Horsemire coming at you with my co host, Jeff house Absolutely. So I looked
2: at you, buddy. Yep. And mm-hmm. I was like,
1: he's going to own that. And then you look back at me
2: like, this <laughs> is it. This is like a the t- <laughs> I'm, I'm a little rusty. I have to knock it off there.
1: As are all of us. Um, but we're here actually redoing a complete redo <laughs> of what was an absolute. Um, party of an episode last time with the one and only Kurt Norico. Hey, how you doing? That? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened back to that episode, and my goodness, they left us unsupervised.
2: It was one of the very first ones, wasn't it? I don't know it
1: was very early on, but yeah. wow. Yeah. Wowza! I didn't know what to expect. I was just coming into. Yeah, I know you were taking. all you <laughs> get it. Yeah, you have you know no no skin in the game over yeah, there, yeah. buddy. But but we're it's great to have you back on. Thanks, Kurt. Joe. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, do better.
2: I hope so, too. Do yeah, gooder. Yeah. <laughs> right? I hope no. we've all learned and grown yeah, since then. Yeah, a little yes. bit.
1: Yeah, But um, it wasn't bad. It was just
2: squirrely. We're uh, finding our way. We're still <laughs> finding our way.
1: <laughs> a couple a couple squirrely fellas, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. So, Kurt, it is uh, your episode dropped in in 2018. Yeah, bud. So we're all older now. Um, except for Jeff. That's Jeff like a, is still looking like a that, uh, spry it guy. It seems or, like a whole different
2: like generation It really ago, it does. 2018, <laughs> so much has happened.
1: So let's get a rundown of Kurt's Johnsonville story since 2018. I yes. mean, if you want to go back all the way to um, 2008 when you got hired... And then say decade again because that that just threw us for a loop. Yeah, last yeah. time you said that.
0: No, I you know I uh, so a real quick recap. I worked here for a long, long time. Um, <laughs> worked started out worked a number of different roles in production, on uh, packaging, sanitation, formulation, stuffing, food safety, quality, uh, and then eventually got into being a learning coordinator, the role that Joe has now. Uh, and then eventually became uh, member services business partner. So that's like the HR guy in the plant. Uh, for any any non-Johnsonville listeners, you know that don't have the lingo, but uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of my gig. Uh, been working here a really long time,
1: and uh, yeah, loving what I do. Beautiful. So you are now member services at what plant? Riverside. The old Riverside, literally old Riverside. Yeah, because it is the oldest facility. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I can contribute. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Kurt. So so Kurt, you've you've done the things, you've seen the stuff, uh, you've done many positions here. What is, you know, some words of wisdom that you can share with a new Johnsonville member or I mean anybody really at Johnsonville.
0: Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me is, you know, I started here when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. So it's literally if, if you do the things, if you live the Johnsonville way, it sounds corny, but it, it's true. Um, if you take advantage of the programs for tuition reimbursement and, you know, set goals for yourself, the opportunities are there. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so take it and run with it. Uh, and, and like myself, you know, I, I literally built a career and uh, a life and got married and had kids and, you know, working on a master's degree and all, all the things from the ground up at Johnsonville.
1: So, Kurt, thank you so much for your Johnsonville story. But now let's get on to your off the clock story. Now, last time we chatted, your name was Dirty Kurt, the carp king of Waldo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was a simpler time. Yeah. Simpler. (laughs) Much simpler times. Um,. But you have rebranded yourself. Now you do still fish for carp. I have actually joined you on one of those expeditions. Yeah. I mean the carp
0: have only gotten bigger. uh, As you well know. My
1: goodness. Yeah. That day was Did you catch anything? Yeah, we we caught lots of very large carp. Yeah.
0: I should be a carp guide.
1: He literally he did very well that day. I'll say that.
2: It's like a side business we just created for you. It was
1: it was us two and then Jake Anderson, the plant coordinator at Riverside. So we
0: landed fourteen. Joe Mina lost
1: four or five. Oh, st- that's that's incorrect. Is it the is it Jake no? was losing? Remember the line ah, kept well, snapping on.
2: <laughs> so, is it no catch and release or no?
1: Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. do you pump get the, the same breaks. Breaks. one over let's and pump over, pump the over the again? Here. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, probably. No. The same fish. Okay. So, most people, for all okay, uh animals, uh, when you're going fishing for carp, a lot of people don't want carp in their waterways here in America. Okay. They, it's they an tend to like species. Yeah, they, they tend to mess yeah. stuff up and you know all the things. Uh, a lot of people will will you know fertilize fields with them or things like that. Kurt on the other hand, he's like oh, I just I, I love these guys. I love these carps. So he throws them all back. There are people out there who be like Kurt, we need to have a word.
0: Well, why you know why kill them right? What what are they? They didn't they didn't do nothing to me you know.
1: I would prefer to try and find a recipe that may work with a carp. I mean, overseas carp is a is a it's a good food over is, there.
2: Is it a different like subspecies of carp though?
1: No, I don't or, think so. Or if they're all the same. Yeah, uh, they're, they're not all the same. I mean, there are different subspecies of carp. Yes, but like what we have here in uh, America, Kurt just showed
2: me a photo and it's a large fish. It's a it's, it's a it's very a large, large fish. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. But yeah we we have the same stuff that they have over there. You know. But they bring it out at, like, Christmas time. So it's fancy food. Yeah, it's fancy food, literally. <laughs> and we've, we're we just throwing
0: them away here, you yeah. know? I don't but know, man. I, I just put them back, you know, let them get bigger, catch them again next year. All good, right? So of the
2: fourteen you pulled in, it was probably just, like, three or four fish over and over again. No, most it is? Is? No. Yeah, they look mm-hmm. different.
0: I never forget
1: <laughs> a carp They stage. smell
2: different, you know, all the things. <laughs> we yeah. have photographic evidence that it's <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, but,
1: so, it, but, no, you... You still do the carp thing not as intensely as you used to though,
0: yeah uh just you know life gets busy i'm I'm trying to finish up my my master's degree my kiddos Ooh. are getting a little bit older do your kids um, fish
2: with
1: you
0: uh pan, my my son will go pan fishing with me, but okay. the carp way more than he does at this point you gotcha. know
2: so it, so are you are tough. you like steering him into that direction though like oh yeah you're just like the, I need the, a reason to go yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay little well.
0: father's on time well yeah. done no, I like that. Um, but no, so, so more recently though, uh, I, as my kids are getting older and, and have a little bit of like consciousness of the world that's, that's coming about them. Uh, you know, when, when I was about to have my daughter, so I have a, a three-year-old girl now, um, I realized that I really needed to quit smoking. Uh, that was a big, a big thing. I was a smoker for, you know, 15, 16 years. And my son was getting to the age where he was starting to ask questions, and you know, ask when he could start smoking, like those types of questions.
1: And those, d- those have got to be serious conversations.
0: Ah, it's so tough because yeah. you know he, when he's like, "Dada, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke when I'm 10. Like, no, bud, like that's <laughs> not. But but it's that's interesting, do it. It. Yeah. yeah, it's and he wants to do everything yeah. that I do, yeah. right? It's because you're a cool guy, Kurt. I mean, he thinks so, (laughs) Um, but no, but you know, so, so there was that. And, and also um, just, it's tough, you know, being literally, I am an addict. I, I, I was a smoker for uh, 15 years. Like that's, (laughs) that doesn't just go away overnight. So I really needed kind of an outlet and, and a path to get away from smoking. And for me, I, I was never really a runner before that, but was, was like, well, what, you know, if I do something that I need my lungs to, to be good at, it'll maybe make me not want to smoke, right? It'll give you a
2: really good reason to stop. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, so I kind of just started from scratch, and this was, yeah, so this was about April of 2019. Uh, so that was kind of the, the origins of it, and as, as I started to, I, I knew absolutely nothing about the sport of running, about any
2: of the things and how to get... So before this started, what was the longest you had run before that? I don't know, dude. Like, did um, you ever run, like, like cross-country or anything competitively? No, ever? I, I – no. No, um, okay. I,
0: I mean, I played sports in high school, but sure. never, like, distance running, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. So um,
2: literally starting from scratch. Like yeah, and through.
0: it's yeah. tough, too, because at the time I was, like, you know, I, I, had, I had no measuring stick. So as I started talking to people – you know, first I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll start with the 5K. And then I was like, that's nothing. That's like three miles. I should be able to do that. Um, and then it was, well, I'll do a 10K. And then it was a half marathon. And then it was a marathon. And, and so all these lofty goals I kind of came up with out of nowhere, having no gravity on, like, what it takes to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, all the motivation in the world, right? Um, so, yeah, so kind of just kicked off
2: there. So, Kurt, did you plan these all out in like in, in succession you were like all right on this day I'm going to do this on this day I'm going to do that and then just started going or did you like you finish one you're like okay I can do the next and then you scheduled it
0: yeah so it it's kind of weird like I having no understanding because there you do a full training plan okay you know a lot of people do a training plan for even a 5k or a 10k uh, and that's like you know couch to 5k over eight weeks or things like that right Um, And I didn't, I didn't know what any of those things were. So I was starting from, I'm just going to go out and, you know, run a half mile today and and try and run further than that tomorrow. Right. Um, And over the course of that summer though, in in summer of 2019, um, I built up and, and slowly uh, in July of 2019, I ran a 10 K and it was my first 10 K um, for,
2: for those of you listening, what's how many miles is 10k
0: yeah a 10k is 6.24 miles okay um, which is which is decent right it's not
2: it's more than I've
0: ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly um, but uh, but coming out of that I then had signed up for uh, what's called the Brewers mini marathon so it was a, a half marathon which is 13.1 miles Um and in in september of 2019 and this is kind of the the store i guess my story of it is being you know not not knowing how to care for myself or kind of build myself towards running these types of distance events um i i, I did a half marathon that was that was uh that, that worked i got there but in doing that um i sprained my lcl so, and it was just an adrenaline thing at the, I didn't even feel it until the race was over. But later that day, I couldn't barely walk. So just by running, you can sprain something? Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Okay. Because uh, I always picture like spraining something you have to like trip or like, you know, take a bad step or something like that. So just by exerting a ton of energy, your body could be like, nope.
0: I, there's so much that goes into it though, is how you're like the mobility, your mm-hmm. mobility, how stretched out you are, your levels of hydration. Um, there's a million different things, and we'll talk about some of them. But okay, hey, um, it's all right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so you know, for that event, um, I I cut a corner too sharp, and so your LCL is on the outside of your your knee. Uh, it's one of the ligaments, so you hear about ACLs and MCL. Well, LCL is one of one of those, um, but. And as my story goes, that was one of my first setbacks, right? And I, I've had multiple of these setbacks over over several years um, that that would take me out of the sport and, and I'd have to hit the reset button. The other tough part, though, is, you know, as along the way, as uh, I would injure myself and not be able to run for a period of time, well... I, I had started eating better and obviously, you know, getting away from the cigarettes while running. Now I can't run. Well, the devil creeps back in and and uh you know, there's oh, I can I, I can smoke for just this weekend. We're going camping, right? I'll just have I'll buy a pack of cigarettes and I'll be done afterwards. Well then six months later, I'm back to right to ground zero, right back to needing to get off the cigarettes again and, and hit the reset button. So it probably
2: doesn't help too that when you hurt yourself, it was just starting to get into fall, winter, and you know it's not like easy in Wisconsin to just go out and run in the middle of winter. So like that's got to slow you down too, right?
0: Yeah, well, in, in the first time uh, that wasn't so much the case. I was I was pretty on track then, but this was the winter going into 2020, mm-hmm. which, as we all know, March of 2020 oh, was yeah. COVID right gotcha so that that uh going into that march i had gotten back on track i was up to running um 15 16 miles i'd, I'd do outside oh, wow. runs in the winter with my buddy oh nice um which are pretty gnarly if you know <laughs> in the middle of a snowstorm and you're you're doing a 12 mile run or whatever
1: i wonder why your body was like yeah i, I don't want to do that anymore. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but uh but it, it, really when COVID started, that was another time that I, I couldn't really get out and run for a little bit. A lot of stress, a lot of, you know, everybody, it was the pandemic. yeah. Um, so I, I, I start eating bad again and unfortunately start smoking again. And it, it, it's really tough because those are the times that, you know, as, as I'm a, a talker and I like to, you know, look to others to, to chat about these things and help to motivate me, they all knew that I was quitting for my kids. Right. Um, so there, there's a lot behind that where now it's, there's a shame factor, a, a larger shame factor in being off the wagon. Right. Um, so now it's why well, I'm going to slink out to my car and have a cigarette and, you know, hand sanitizer so nobody can smell it. Like it, it, not fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, not the spirit of it. You, you want to tell people cause you want them to help motivate you. But then internally you start to turn that against yourself.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and so, so from there, um, you know, it, it's how do you get back on track? Right. Um, and so fast forward a couple of months, everything that, you know, I, I had the, I had endurance built up to run, you know, 15 plus miles, um, and I'm back to, to ground zero. Right. Um, and, and even harder on myself and, and that doesn't help with the anxiety and, um, all the things that go, go along with it. Um, so then the, you know, start round two, or I, I guess at this time, the, the, the third startup, um, after uh, after I injured myself and stopped and then restarted, so um, yeah, and, and again got back on track and was up to running, you know, quite some distance, and uh, and fell off the wagon again. You know that that, that piece of um, you know there's a million reasons to, to stop the right reasons, right? Um, but it, it's those moments of weakness, right? And and part of what I didn't realize at the time was there was also, you know, some, some underlying anxiety that I had, some, um, some things that I, I needed to figure out with my mental health, right? Just to get – and everybody has their stuff, right? But it, it wasn't helping me whatsoever. Um, so went through another round of when, – and when I say round, we're talking like four months of solid running, you know, running hundreds of miles. Um, yeah, what, do you,
1: what, what were you trying to do a month?
0: Uh, so kind of a goal that I've had over time is, um, and it, it's different for everybody, but an average month for me was around 100 miles.
1: Average month for him is 100 miles of running. I'm sleeping right now thinking about
2: it. I mean, if you average it out, it's five miles a day yeah. or less. I mean, even less if you count the weekends. But I mean, because you're doing every other, I'm assuming, every other day. You go run or do you go every day?
0: um so it it kind of depends there's like three different types of runs that you'll do uh so you'll you know you'll have your days that you're doing a long run which is tacking on distance to your your biggest run that you've ever done you'll have days that you're it's kind of a what i call a tempo run or not what i call but what's called a tempo run um so you're just running at a faster pace than normal but you know maybe shorter maybe five to seven miles um and then there's what's called like a, a hit workout or high intensity uh, interval training. And that's really trying to build up. And, and I'm not an expert with like the aerobic and anaerobic systems, but but really it's, you know, you're building how efficiently your body can process, you know, get oxygen to your muscles. Yep. Um, you're building your lactic threshold. So how, you know, like when you get sore, it's because you don't have that lactic threshold built up. So you're. So but but ultimately, um, I'd say in general I'm running four to five days a week um, so
1: you would say like a hundred miles a month that's pretty typical for anyone who's trying to be you're running a ma- marathon
0: I, yes and no I okay. mean w- if you talk to like people that are good at running, which I'm not by the way um, <laughs> okay they like they'll do hundred mile weeks like oh my it's 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 pretty wild um are you getting there someday? I don't think I'll ever have the time, man. Okay, um, all right. No, but it, but you know, hundred mile weeks—that's that's a good. I don't. Know, it was a good measure for me. Obviously, as we will get into the training for my marathon and actually <laughs> going through with it. Spoilers um, is the month before that was a bigger month, a much bigger month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so once we got to the spring of this year. Um, now, granted. Last, you know, fall and winter, I, I had fallen off the wagon again, was back on, uh, I was vaping at that point, but still just un you know, unsustained, just some, uh, some destructive behaviors, you know, ah. uh, but this spring I had said like every year this gets a little bit tougher. I'm getting a little bit older and, um, I still really didn't know if I could run a full marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and I had said, like, either I'm going to do it or I'm getting getting further away from it every year. Um, so this year I was like, what do I need to change? In every every iteration of a training cycle that I had gone through, I got a little bit smarter, a little bit better. Um, but I really, really wanted to focus in on what I needed to change in my, my day-to-day life to allow me to run a major distance like that. Um so this spring was kind of the start of a, a new cycle, uh, and and I was going to focus on all of all of the things. Um, so I'd always really focused on hydration. Hydration was a big one, especially quitting smoking was you know drinking a lot of water. That was my hand to mouth substitute, right? Mm. Um, and it just played well with running as well.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean if you don't drink this stuff, you'll die, right? You so d- says the saying. man who have. Two water bottles. Two water, water bottles. Water. Well, I always
0: tell Joe this: this water stuff, you'll literally die if you don't drink it.
1: Yeah, he tells me that like almost daily.
2: Uh, as yeah. you're sipping a vitamin water.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's you know I'm getting closer. <laughs> closer. Getting closer. It's in the name.
2: Got to go.
0: Um, but uh, it, so hydration has always been a big one, and uh, so you know I'll drink 200 ounces of water a day, but but also, um, making sure I'm getting electrolytes in with that. Um. You know, really, really being focused there. Yeah, so kind of what I realized is you can run, like, about a half marathon without really changing your your life. Uh, And that was kind of where I I was underestimating this whole process in the past. So this spring when I, you know, this iteration of, of running, I had a couple of things that I really wanted to focus on, one of them being what I needed to change with my diet, Um Second, you know, looking at sleep, I was really underestimating the impact that sleep or lack thereof has on has on your recovery. Um, And then looking at, you know, just kind of self-care outside of that.
1: Right. So. So what helped you like with the sleep, especially (laughs) spoiler alert, Kurt and I work together. Okay, so I know like all of this. But one thing that really got to me was the addition of your whoop band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, way. that thing, like you would come to my desk and be like, hey, I got some good sleep last night. And then like literally break it down.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a, a big addition for this yeah. round. But have you all heard of no, Whoop, man? No.
1: Um, so I've heard about it, but not prior to you telling me about sure,
0: it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So so Whoop is a brand of fitness tracker. Um, But it it does sleep log every day. It does a sleep log of your behaviors from the day before. And then we'll give you feedback on how you slept, uh, how much time you spent in each zone of sleep, how that's affected your recovery, uh, which is the the second factor that it gives you. And then from that, it'll give you recommendations on how much you should exert yourself the next day or how much strain you can put on your body based on your recovery.
2: And is this... marketed towards runners or athletes or is it just a general fitness app
0: yeah it, it, athletes i guess i'd say okay all right. um but yeah really really anybody that's going to be doing physical exercise right yep. okay. um and it's i i also wear my my apple watch and that's i track all of my runs on nike run club so i can tell you every single you know mile and pace of that mile over the past three plus years um but the whoop band gave me really solid feedback on, you know, how I was sleeping and not just that, but the things that I was eating or, um, taking into my body that were affecting my sleep, right? So I can tell you that on a day that I drink alcohol, uh, my resting heart rate when I was sleeping was like 130% what it would normally be, right? So obviously don't drink alcohol if you want to be a runner,
1: right? Um, noted. But
2: no fun, no yeah. fun if you're a runner.
0: <laughs> so people are like, ah, off. I'm
1: done with this one now.
0: <laughs> but but also even things you know smaller things like uh, level of hydration. So this Whoop band it would give me feedback like summaries at the end of a week or the end of a month to say, hey Kurt, you uh, you stretched for 20 minutes plus yesterday. That increased your sleep performance by three percent. That's or, insane.
1: This yeah. stuff
0: it. That- That's nuts. So it would break down every aspect of of my day. Like, I can tell you, statistically, I sleep better if I've gotten a run in the day before. A a small to intermediate run. If you Hmm. run, like, 15-plus miles, you actually sleep worse because your body's trying to, it's broken down. And you'd think that you get good and tuckered and you just sleep really great. But that's not always the case. Hmm. Um, Good and tuckered. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no so so that feedback uh, as far as my sleep went um, was a huge game changer so I, I really uh, I I put my sleep over everything uh, and it was it's a terrific strategy <laughs> it works so good
1: um, I
2: like I'll sign up for that one absolutely. so did it also include like having to sleep more like longer I mean were you averaging like five hours and you're like I gotta get seven every night okay. then or uh, so.
0: Yes. Really what it is is you get a percentage of like perfect sleep and it even ties into like your circadian rhythm and um, the amount of time. So based on strain that day will, you know, it, it might if you've done zero exercise, it might say, yep, you need to sleep for seven hours and 45 minutes. Well, I go and run five miles and now it says, yeah, you should probably sleep for like eight hours and 20 minutes now. Um, so it'll, it, it gives me suggestions and even like, Hey Kurt, you should go to bed at this exact minute, get up at this minute to get the best possible sleep performance. So it, it's pretty scientific but uh i was just like cool i'm just gonna listen to this thing (laughs) and it worked really well they're they're way smarter than i am
2: Uh, i mean i've heard that that's such a important and powerful thing that 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 if you follow that that it does the science makes sense Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's absolutely insane and having you know the, the funny thing is is i went through this process several times doing it the dumb way like just just trying to you know I'll figure it out on my own, or I'll just run until I hurt myself, and that's what I did forever. Mm-hmm. So statistically, with the you know this Whoop band, uh, you can decrease your sports injuries by you know thirty three percent by sticking to their recommendations.
1: Which I feel like I'm watching like an NFL game right now, you know, like with all the stats and the yeah, like breaking you know, it down for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so awesome.
0: It's super, super helpful that way. Um, but and, and sleep is also the number one you know, positive impact on your mental health as well. Uh, So that was a big thing for for me as well and my my stress level and my anxiety and all the other things there, right? Um, But then also this go-around, and and the nice part is with the boot band, I was also getting feedback on um, the positive or negative impact on my diet from eating inflammatory foods. So... This round, as as much as I like meat and dairy, and I'm I'm a Wisconsinite, um, mm. those things unfortunately.
1: Aren't, I'm sad to hear where you're about to go. Yeah,
0: it's tough. Um, <laughs> but this go around was I need to, for the most part, uh, cut out meat and dairy from my diet.
2: Now is that like an everyday thing, or is that just like just before big runs, or you know, can you cheat it a little bit, or is it all or nothing?
0: Yeah, I I was pretty good. Um, okay. the, the biggest thing is, and one of the coolest things with running is I could tell you on you know based on a, a recovery after a long run, how clean I ate the day before. Um, I could tell you my energy level and just how I feel during a run, how I've been treating myself, right? So the, the nice part with with running in total is that it gives you like it's a, it's a 360 process. Because unlike a lot of other sports where you have, like, equipment and, you know, there's all these other variables or factors that, you know, you can supplement with, your body is 95% of your equipment when you're running. So, what you eat becomes part of maintaining your equipment to run, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How you sleep, it's all, but it's all self-care things, right? Um, So, so there too, you know, cutting out the meat and dairy when, when you get into running and you want to, you know, I, of course I'm getting all the feedback every day. I'm, I'm seeing my, my splits and I I'm seeing the, the positive feedback I'm getting, um, through being further and further removed from smoking. And I start to get on track with, you know, all these great behaviors and it just inspires you to, you know, it, it, it's easier to get away from the meat and dairy because you feel how, it affects your performance
2: yeah and you get a pretty quick turnaround too if you're saying that within within 24 hours or 48 hours you're going to see those results that's pretty quick and you know that's pretty immediate versus you know a lot of times when you start running it just like takes a long time for you to see the results like you can really see those the benefit of it pretty quickly and then it reinforces that that you know that behavior essentially
0: yeah and and there's so much with with running and especially when you're doing it 5 days a week over months and you know these are hundreds of runs that you've gone on um you really get in tune with with your body and what works and what doesn't work even down to as I was adding speed to my to my time on my tempo runs um if I ate meat and dairy the night before and this maybe this is TMI but uh you know if you're here for information
1: Let's do it. No, That's what we're here for.
0: No, no, it 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 literally would impact my digestive tract, where, oh, sure. if everything wasn't, we'll say through the process, um, I would start to get like side stitches when I would run, and the one they're is that what painful. causes
1: side stitches?
0: That the, a couple of different reasons. Really, it's because know, I
1: hate those.
0: Yeah, man, they suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always wondered, like I've never Googled it, but you know, like I've always wondered, yeah, what it, causes that intense pain?
0: And it it can be it, it's either weighty or it's pulling on your diaphragm, oh. really. It it's so the weight in your stomach or you know breathing too heavy pulling against that hmm. that diaphragm. That's what stitches are. Noted. Um. So so there too, it it would start to dramatically impact my, you know, my my performance while i was running you get two miles in you start to get stitches in your side it's super painful and like i've done runs where i need to run 10 12 miles that day and you got stitches you know uh 500 yards into the run you're like yeah this is going to be a really long (laughs) hour you know hour and a half right um so that that was another big part of it it's just really figuring those things out and it's a lot of trial and error and exploratory and um, figuring out what works for your body, right? Everybody's a little bit different. Not everybody has to cut out meat and dairy and go to the extremes and not do any alcohol like like myself. I think I probably, you know, drank two days during the whole several months that I was training. Um, but after a while, you don't want to do those things because you see the tail off of it, you know, how it affects you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing, too, that I really – Put more focus on than ever was um, supplements. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big supplement guy, and, and Joe has seen. I'd, I'd come to work every now and again and I whip out a baggie of all of my drugs. He's uh, pushing drugs. Over, <laughs> the, over the counter drugs. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, you know, so it, it was glucosamine chondroitin for my joints, turmeric for inflammation, collagen, um, apple cider vinegar, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc. Um, sounds healthy. I guarantee that's not even, I I can't even think of them all at this point, (laughs) but, uh, but everything with a purpose. Right. But, um, you know, so those were just some of the, some of the things, right. Some of the, um, so as I started getting into my running cycle, um, it it was again, starting from scratch. So my first runs in, in the spring of this year, again, were, a half mile on the treadmill, um, and which is really tough too because having having been there, like been to running, you know, fifteen, sixteen milers, and like uh, it's such a su- such a setback,
2: right? It's almost humbling, like to be like you know, you feel like you were on top of the world and now you got to start all the way from scratch.
0: Yeah. And, and where, where running is, um, that's a great descriptor because running in and of itself is I have, I've always said is very humbling because every morning, most mornings before I even start work, I've gotten my butt kicked on the roads, right? It'll, it takes all the pride out of you when, (laughs) when you're, uh, putting in miles like that and just, you know, never, you never win, right? (laughs) You just, uh, you're just trying to finish, but, yeah, it, it is really humbling and, and really at that point it was, you know, go into every run with intention, right? Like I, I knew I've gone through this before I, I had learned from it. So you get a little bit smarter this go around. So every time was kind of reflective, right? And um, with intent of just building, building a little bit on the previous run.
2: And and when you started up again, did you did you already plan that marathon where you're like, All right, this is the day I gotta have it done by or did you just start up, you know, did you give yourself a deadline to push yourself or not?
0: Yeah. So uh, where in the past, I actually I have a, a marathon medal hanging in my office from the other marathon in 2020 that I was supposed to run and didn't because I hurt myself. Okay. So that was there. That was going to be my motivator. But what I had said was instead of putting a deadline on it, like the focus was a on on quitting smoking and focusing on my mental health and just having fun, like enjoying the process because it can get really grindy. Um, I've been on, you know, I've taken a lot of runs with buddies and you're not as sore the next day. Like you don't, the runs go faster and it's not as, it's grueling. It's not a job, right, if you have fun with it. So that was the goal was just like keep moving in the right direction and focus on self-improvement and we'll get there. It'll there's there's always races to be, you know, to okay. be scheduled. So that was entirely the game plan. Um so yeah, so when it, when I started out, it was uh you know, building on uh that the first the first couple of months, I think I did um like I think I did like 30 35 miles the first month um and then 70 to 80 miles the next two months in a row, um cuz I was really taking it taking it easy, taking it, um, lightly and, and not, you know, not really tacking on miles fast. Right. Um, and then after that, I kind of got in a space where I had said like, all right, now, now I got to kind of get serious. Um, and actually, you know, through that time too, I had a weekend where I, I, uh, this was early June where I ate really poorly. Uh, I was up visiting some family. So had a, a, a night where I, you know, drank a couple more beers than I should have. Um, and, and came back to, um, you know, being behind on my homework for the next day and, uh, all these, I, I felt like I was slipping, you know, like I, I've had those times where I fall out, fell off the wagon before and had a lot of stuff going on at school and it just had an anxiety attack. Like, like literally these things were stacking up and, um, and I, I figured like that, that was a turning point for me where I was like, usually running was my like outlet that it would just, but so that day I went for a, you know, a long run, like eight and a half miles, uh, which my body wasn't ready for. And I ended up with blisters and everything else because of it. But, but at the end of it still had a lot of anxiety and was like, oh, so running isn't the answer to all of those things either. Um, so I, actually used the EAP or MAP program at Johnsonville, but, um, and got into therapy as well, just knowing that I had this underlying anxieties and all these other things. Right. Um, but it was also a point where like, again, on kind of that cell, like mental health journey, just trying to figure out and be a better person and a better parent, a better role model. I needed to figure those things out. Right. But, that kinda of put me in a spot where like I knew I had that I had a strategy there. Right. Now, like let's get to running. Let's get to um and I really dial it up. That month I uh I
2: did um He's he's furiously looking it up right now so he can <laughs> yeah. he can tell us how awesome he is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I it uh so the the month of June Oh, part of what it was is I was looking at coming in that month lower than my previous month in total miles that I had done, yep. and again I kept telling myself I wasn't going to put pressure on these sort of metrics, but, um, but I, I so I really got on it and I was like, well, what if I just you know dial up add a mile or two onto each one of my runs and build up faster, and finished that month everything went good, and then really July is when when I started hitting it hard. Um, so that's, you know, as I was building, so going into July, I was probably trained up to doing like, um, nine and a half miles or so nine and a half to 10 miles on my long run for the, for the week, which at that time was one, one long run a week. And then I just kind of fill in the other days, um, really focusing on, you know, stretching along the way too and mobility, but, um, going into July was like, all right, now we're dialing it up. I probably – oh, and I realized that the marathon season does kind of end in September. So, like, I need to tack on some distance here, right? Just started, you know, really and, – and when you get to longer runs too, the game kind of changes a bit. Like, we, you know, I mentioned that you can run about a half marathon before things really get serious. Um, and that's because, you know, running, it, it's not a linear –
1: Progression. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for Kurt Narika's episode of Off the Clock a Podcast, Made the Johnson Way. If you cannot tell, Kurt is extremely excited and passionate about the journey that he went on. It um, started out wanting to quit smoking, and then it turned into um, his own mental health, and then it was, can I get done with a marathon? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt spoke passionately for so long that we need to bust this up into two parts. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So you just got done listening to part one. Please join us for part two. You won't want to miss Kurt's journey in the actual marathon. We'll catch you there.